Welcome to Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha, a podcast shared by David Roylance. This podcast is dedicated to guiding you to completely eliminate the discontent mind and the suffering it causes by attaining enlightenment. Learn and practice the teachings of Gotama Buddha that will guide you to fully attain a peaceful, calm, serene, and content mind with joy. To support this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash support Buddha or visit buddhadailywisdom.com where you will discover a full range of courses, retreats, and online learning resources to assist you on the path to enlightenment. Now, here's our teacher to share more. Sawadikap, hello and welcome to Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha. Today is chapter two of our book, Developing a Life Practice, The Path That Leads to Nibbana. Here on Sunday and Wednesday, we meet for our group learning program in Facebook, YouTube, our Zoom virtual classroom. We also record this for our podcast and send it out to some other places as well. So I would like to just welcome you to our class today because over the course of the next few months, we're going to be walking you through chapter by chapter in this book so that you can learn, reflect, and practice the teachings of Gautama Buddha on this path to enlightenment where the mind can eliminate 100% of all discontent feelings and the mind can be peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy, never again experiencing any of these discontent feelings like sadness, anger, frustration, irritation, annoyance, guilt, shame, fear, boredom, loneliness, shyness, jealousy, resentment, All of these discontent feelings can be eliminated as part of this path. And here in chapter two, I spend a bit of time to kind of get the reader ready to understand why it's even important for them to potentially learn and study Gautama Buddha's teachings. And in each one of these classes on Sunday, I typically give a talk related to the chapter itself to help further clarify any aspects of the teachings in the book that I'm sharing and then open up to questions through Facebook, YouTube, and Zoom. Well, today we're going to do something a bit different because if you're listening to this, that means that you have already chosen to study the teachings of Gautama Buddha. If you've read this chapter and you've seen some of my thoughts around why someone would study Gautama Buddha's teachings, then you're already really familiar with my thoughts on this topic. But since I've been teaching now in this group learning program for this version of it for the last six weeks, I thought it would be a great time for all of us to have a nice discussion together and a real interactive discussion where you guys do the vast majority of the talking and help each other and help me to understand why have you chosen to study Gautama Buddha's teachings rather than me sharing what I feel is the reasons why someone should study, which is already captured in the book. If you've studied that, then I'm really interested in understanding more from you about why have you chosen to study Gautama Buddha's teachings and feel free to talk and share that. So those of you in the Zoom virtual classroom will be able to take you off mute and James, Manal, Basam, our moderators will be able to do that and give you guys a chance to talk. And the people in our live stream will be able to hear that 
and anybody who's in the live stream of Facebook, YouTube, if you guys would like to come into Zoom, this gives you a better opportunity to participate in today's class where we can have discussion and get to know each other and the reasons why you're embarking on this journey to the path to enlightenment. For those of you guys that are in Facebook and YouTube who don't have access to Zoom or you would just prefer to stay there, then you can share your content in the comment section of Facebook and YouTube and our moderators will see that and we'll be able to share that in the classroom. So I would like to just welcome all of you and just say that I'm going to do very little talking in today's class other than just to lead the discussion and really turn this over to you guys to share why is it that you've chosen to study Gautama Buddha's teachings and share a bit of your story if you like, however you would like to do that. Perhaps you can, of course, share your name, where you live, you know, what country you live in, and uh, anything about your background that you like, even, you know, kind of your profession and what you do on a daily basis. That would be really helpful as you also share about why you've chosen to study Gautama Buddha's teachings. So, I will turn this over to all of you. If you're in Facebook, YouTube, or Zoom, you can put your comments in the comment section and our moderators will see that. But I would really like to encourage you guys in Zoom to raise your hand electronically so that you can just share what it is that has brought you to decide to study the teachings of Gautama Buddha. So I'll turn this over to you, James, Manal, and Basim. Everyone, feel free to volunteer but i can start out for us as you know my name is james i'm from south carolina which is in the united states and as far as how i came to study the teachings i would say that coming up in a society where we're told to find a job to consume and to find meaning that way and to find satisfaction that way well i did that for part of my life and I didn't find satisfaction. And I've always been a truth seeker to some degree there, partly because I didn't find satisfaction that way. And when I came across the Buddhist teachings, it clearly explains that dissatisfaction I felt and why I felt it. And it really articulated on and expanded on some experiences of insight and truth and wisdom that I had encountered in my life and immediately I was able to sense the truth in that and I wanted to further study it and one thing that really appealed to me when I began studying the teachings is that it's not based on faith because I came up in a Baptist church and we were driven by guilt and fear to study that religion and it was so enlightening for a person who is more of a truth seeker to be told that everything that you're studying here is about finding evidence for yourself and about actively attempting to disprove the Buddha and I've been studying for a little over a year now and I have continually attempted to do that and I have not been able to do that and instead I began as I went further down the path to see the teachings in the world all around me for instance in the COVID crisis and 
in my relations with others and in my own mind. In a sense, life becomes a teacher the further down the path you go. And I think even in a sense, when I started out and I was really excited about studying, I may have wanted to watch a movie or read a book that had Buddhist themes, but you realize that you can read any book and you can read any movie and you can find the teachings there because the teachings are all around us. It's simply the natural law of existence. And that has also continually inspired my journey, just continually attempting to disprove the Veda and not being able to and just seeing the teachings everywhere. And on a practical level, it's it's made me a better person. It's made me a better husband, a better friend, a better son. It's made me more patient, less egotistical, more caring, less anxious. For instance, a year ago, I wouldn't have been so comfortable speaking like this to you all, but it has really made me a better person in every sense. And I'm far from enlightened. Like I have no shortage of ego to work on. I have no shortage of aversion that I'm working on every day. But to be able to see the impact that it's made on my life, while also knowing that I've only really chipped the surface, it's really inspiring and it just continues to encourage my practice. And that is essentially why I'm still studying because I can just see the potential for this and understanding reality and understanding myself and just improving my life. And I think as you start out on the path, there are always going to be ebbs and flows. You're going to have times when you're especially interested and times when a lot's going on in your life. But I think I can just about guarantee everyone here that if you stick with the path and you listen to David and you have a teacher in David who is completely committed to your practice and leading you on this path that I can't recommend enough that you stick with this and that it can really change your life. So I think that's kind of why I practice, why I originally practiced and why I still practice. And it would be so encouraging to hear anyone here also give their story. Thanks for sharing that, James. I'm curious, what are some of the things that you feel that you've been able to work on eliminating? And what are some of the things that you feel like you've cultivated as part of your practice and has benefited you? And as part of that, if you have any suggestions for people who are maybe just starting out, what are some things that you would suggest for people to get started and get going with this path? Okay. Well, I think that it's been a lot that I've worked on. I think I've become especially a more patient person and I'm not led by my emotions and impulses in the same way. For instance, if I'm in a conversation with another person and it could possibly have turned into an argument in the past, I'm able to let go of that feeling and respond in an articulate and calm way. I think it's made me calmer in general. It's made me more understanding of other people. I can see the causes and conditions that lead to people's behavior. And instead of seeing a person's behavior and 
essentially feeling negative toward that person and feeling aversion. Instead, I'm able to feel understanding. I think that's been a huge impact for me. And of course, that's made me a much more calm and much more satisfied person. As far as what I would recommend, I think that when you're studying, it's it's important to just stay with a consistent meditation practice as you're beginning because, you know, it can take time, but meditation can teach you so much about learning to let go and learning to observe your mind and be mindful because it's really all about mindfulness when you're in these situations. If you can be mindful of what you're experiencing and how you feel, you can accept that. It's then that you can begin to change it and change your behavior for the better. And so I think that that's very important. And I think just studying the book and studying the teachings, I think at the beginning, it can seem perhaps overwhelming because it's all new and you have the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path and the Ten Petters. And it, it seems like you're learning a lot, but it's not like that. It's really that you're learning the same types of things in different ways. It's all pointing to the same truths. And once you begin, your mind really begins penetrating that truth. It all makes sense. And you just feel like you're learning the same things from a different angle. So I would just say to just continue building your knowledge and attempt to disprove the Buddha. I think that's also great advice because you can go out in the world and if you attempt to disprove the Buddha, you're, it's going to be difficult to do that. And when you're unable to do that, it really strengthens your belief in the teachings. And perhaps you will feel that you have done that. And that would be a great opportunity to reach out to David and discuss that and discuss what you saw. And perhaps he can discuss with you your understanding and what you experienced and that can help you grow as well but it's really all about yourself and you being active because this is your journey and this is you and this is your path and that's it's yours to take ownership of essentially and it's an everyday practice it's not the type of thing that you know you come to on Sunday mornings because you're to be guilty if you don't it's something that you actively engage in every day of your life and i think that if you approach it from that angle then the doors of liberation are opened up for you have there been any moments during your journey that were kind of like aha moments or kind of real revelations that really helped to frame things in a certain way that really help you as you were getting started and as you continue now? Well, I think I would have to think on that and think back on my journey to remember if there was any one moment. I'm not sure if there was any one moment, but I think as time has passed, I've just continually, as I said, attempted to disprove the Buddha and I've observed the world and I've observed my own history and I've observed my own life and the more I've learned the more I've seen how everything that happens in the world fits into that and 
that has really cultivated my understanding, I would say. And maybe I can think on that and think of times, say a year ago or so, that there really were experiences that opened my eyes. But, you know, I think the state of the world was one thing that was going on when I began practicing. It was around February or March and COVID was really beginning to take hold and people were going on lockdown. And that was when I was really beginning to study and seeing the effect that, well, seeing COVID and how it began in regards to people's relationship with the natural environment, which is the Buddha discusses that, discusses karma and seeing how karma affected and created this condition. And not only that, but just seeing the way that my mind reacted and the way people across society's mind reacted, the discontent that they felt because of their craving to be anywhere other than where they were and being in the now, in the present moment. I think that seeing that craving play out so vividly and the discontent that it caused in people's minds, whereas I was beginning to study, so I still had like levels of discontent, but I think that had I not been practicing and had COVID happened in 2019, I know for a fact, based on the way that my mind was, that I would have reacted to COVID so much differently and it would have caused so much discontent and so much pain and so much stress in my life. Whereas because I was starting out on this path and because I was just starting out, I was really able to take on that in a much calmer and more accepting way and going with the flow of what was happening and learning from it. considering it as a teacher. So I think that's one thing that maybe really sticks out because it was a thing that was happening as I began learning. And it was really the type of event that really, really showed the teachings in myself and others and just the world around me. Yeah, it seems like this approach of not believing anything and proving it for yourself so that you can see the truth. It seems like that was a real aha moment that you had already mentioned that that really helped you to break through to a lot of other things. Absolutely. I think that was critical for me because most of my life I've lived in a situation where I was expected to just believe what I was being told. I was expected to religiously believe and doubt or questioning was not a positive thing. It was actually the opposite. It it was frowned upon when I was coming up in the church I was in and just across society. Like, I think that, I think I was previously a person who did question norms and I questioned why. I mean, I asked that question why. And to all of a sudden find a path toward enlightenment that encouraged me to ask that question was really important for me and it was really eye-opening and it really makes you feel like you're studying essential truths because if what you're studying is the truth then you should be encouraged to question it because if it's the truth then you're only going to essentially prove it by questioning it it's it's almost like science in a sense So I think 
that was definitely a thing that as the person who asked the question why really attracted me toward these teachings and it was really a a draw and an eye-opener I would say in a sense very nice very nice thank you for sharing James appreciate that yeah, are there other there are other folks out there that uh, would like to share why they've chosen to study Gautama Buddha's teachings? First of all, just to excuse my sometimes poor English. A, uh, the starting point was uh, just like maybe all of the human beings was experiencing much a uh, suffering or much uh, discontentedness. So at that point. Uh, there was a decision to uh, just try to figure out why is this happening or uh, maybe all human beings are experiencing the same discontentedness or suffering in the mind so uh, at a point at some point of time uh, there was a decision to try to uh, find an answer for this question uh, the first uh, field was religions so being born here in Egypt, a, a country with a majority of Muslims, so the first field was to start searching in was Islam. And then reading about Christianity, about Judaism, uh, after some time uh, there, were, uh, there was uh, some readings about Buddhism maybe and Taoism. But uh, those about Buddhism and Taoism were just uh, translated articles, they were just uh, explanation about how people who try to translate these articles was about. I mean, it wasn't accurate a uh, translation. A uh, reading about these religions, uh, the stuck point was belief. Uh, something was wrong here. Uh, why do I believe? Why should one believe? Uh, belief is not going to help anyone. Of course, it's uh, it's just you need to uh, accept things you cannot figure out, you cannot prove, you cannot get an evidence for by yourself. So uh, the second field was money, thinking that maybe money will uh, fix this uh, discontentedness in the mind. Uh, the second step was just uh, starting a uh, business. And uh, maybe in less than a year, it was really a successful business. So uh, now life became at that point. Life became maybe easier because there are no more needs. You can get many things, but still there was, there was a kind of uh, restlessness in the mind. Uh, money couldn't fix this point. Religions at that point couldn't fix this point. The third field uh, was science. So maybe uh, science can provide an answer or give a hand of help to fix this kind of restlessness. So I started a master degree in psychology. Maybe psychology, it will help about how to understand the human mind. Uh, maybe this will provide some kind of help. Uh, but uh, again, it was all in vain. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, no benefit, no great benefit was from all this. Uh, for some years, tried some medicines, which is called a mental health medicines, but still, all in vain. 
So uh, maybe from a year from now, when when COVID-19 started to invade Egypt, there was a kind of lockdown. So having much time to search, to investigate, uh, just uh, got to know about this Facebook group. And from this that point, uh, many things, really many, many things uh, changed. Uh, many answers, sorry, many questions were answered. Uh, things became to be more and more clear. And uh, this exact point of the restlessness of the mind was greatly uh, fixed. So uh, now after maybe a year, uh, just being sure that uh, that decision of reading, studying, reflecting, applying or implementing the teachings uh, was mostly the great, the best decision uh, has ever been uh, made. Uh, in short, uh, why studying the teachings? Maybe for these points, a better quality life instead of a miserable life, a life full of peace, instead of a life full of suffering or, or discontentedness. A, uh, wise decisions that will lead to wholesome uh, results, of course, will be better than uh, haphazard decisions with uh, some unwholesome results. Uh, for the first time, a peaceful, calm, and serene mind instead of a restlessness mind or restless mind. A, uh, liberated mind instead of mind full of fears. Uh, exactly fears uh, uh, was a great problem for this mind, experiencing much fears. <laughs> a, uh, maybe a living uh, this life while knowing about the permanent laws of existence is of course much, much better than living this life without knowing about these uh, laws. Thank you, Basim. That was really nice to hear s some of the things that you've discovered as you've been walking this path and how you've come to it. It's interesting you spoke about eliminating fears. James kind of talked a little bit about shyness and how he was shy in the past and he wouldn't have been able to do what he was doing at this moment to share his story. So one of the ways to practice the teachings and one of the things that we need to do in order to attain enlightenment is to eliminate shyness and eliminate fears. And one of the ways to do that is actually to confront it by actually doing what you and James have already done, which if there was any shyness or there was any fears, it doesn't sound like you did. You guys both just jumped right in and started sharing. But this is one of the ways to train the mind that there's nothing to be afraid of, to share and to talk publicly. So this can be a great way to train the mind to let go because the mind wants to hold back and hold back. It has this self and it has this ego and it feels like if it shares at a moment like this in a class that, oh, there's some fear, there's something bad that's going to happen to me. But one of the ways to actively train the mind is to apply effort and say, no, 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 I'm not gonna let you have fear here. I'm not gonna let you have shyness here. I'm going to actually share. So you and James doing that already is really good for your practice is to you know, be open and talk and be 
be able to share in situations like this. So anybody who is still hasn't shared yet, even though we've only had two people talk so far, and just to remind people who are joining us maybe since I opened up the class, is what I'm doing is just giving you guys all an opportunity to share why have you chosen to study Gautama Buddha's teachings rather than me share what I feel is why people should sh study Gautama Buddha's teachings, which is already captured in this book to a large degree, that rather than me share that, because if you've read the book, you already know how I feel, I'm interested in hearing about you guys and, and why you've chosen to learn and study and then practice Gautama Buddha's teachings. So thank you, Basam. Thank you, James. It looks like Gloria has her hand up and she would like to share as well. So interested to hear what Gloria has to say. Hello, everyone. I am from originally from Colombia, South America. Um, I came to United States um, very young. <laughs> and um, I have been here for 34 years now. Um, since I was very um, young, I remember I was raised Catholic and I remember I was young and I remember because we used to go to church, you know, Sundays and my mom is very Catholic and all that stuff. And, um, you know, so I am, um, I am very attached to my mom. Um, so, and I used to look at her a lot and like all this religion. And I started like, like, okay, so God, Jesus, and I was like, okay, so Jesus is God, and okay, so Jesus has a father, and who created the father? So, I, like, I was like so young, and I was like, so if someone created the the father, who created that? So I just like questioning it, like so deep inside me, like if someone created someone that was created the father who created so inside me i started like like wow um and so i started um um you know be older and saw things that were in in the church where people would go to church and and then come to our daily lives and they would be acting in a way that was not what I was listening in church. And so, and also I heard that the priest, you know, like had an affair or you know, all that stuff that happens. And um, so that was kind of like, I think those are things that were starting to spark an interest in me and trying to see why this is happening. <laughs> What's what the priest is supposed to be this and that and like, and who is God? So I started to search I, as I got older. Um, and so I joined Christ, uh, uh, Christian religions here in the United States. Uh, by, by that time I was here in the United States and I joined many Christian religions. Um, I stayed sometimes two or three months, maybe a year. There was one church that I got baptized and the next it was a sunday the next day and then i didn't come back because it was something so strong inside me that it felt that i did it because it was um pressure like i felt pressure for from the people that i was like i used to go there and, and so the next step was to be baptized 
but then that day I got baptized and if he came back, it was so strong in me. It was the same with churches that I used to join. I would go through three months, a year, and then inside me, it just didn't feel right. So then I joined, um, I started going to Hinduism uh, in New York City. And um, I even started dressing like the woman there. I was in the temple for three months. Uh, and I, I, I still feel that the philosophy is so deep, it's so priceless, it's amazing. But inside me was so strong the fact that I'm a woman and I felt that because I was a woman, I, I felt less, that I, I felt that I, the, the way the culture was that I needed to be walking behind the men. I couldn't, in a conversation, look at the men and their eyes. Although the, I still feel the philosophy is beautiful. It's so deep. So I, I quit that too. I quit it. Um, and then the next one was, I still kept going to Christian churches. Or Then the next one was Buddhism. Um, it was a little bit complicated for me. By, by them, I just couldn't understand. Or maybe the group I joined was um, Zen. Maybe I just couldn't understand it by, back then. But anyway, I liked, because the people seem so so wise and so calm. And, and whatever they say sounded so deep. So I was there like, and then I started meditating. We used to go in a, a, a sangha. We used to eat together um, and, and meditate. The meditation was very, very important. And for me to meditate was, I tried, but it was really hard because my mind, it just kept like, and I just saw, and most people that were so calm and they were able to meditate like an hour when we were together there. So I just, I just, I, I thought it was beautiful and it sounded like the teachings were so deep, but I think I couldn't, I didn't get it, so I quit. But I kept, all the time, looking and looking, so they're definitely not Christian. I knew not Christian, definitely, something else. Until I just, and I'm happy. Another thing that James and Basim was saying is, I always thought, okay, so if I if I wear this clothes, I will be ha- I will I will be happy. If I look beautiful, I will be happy. If I have a husband, I will be happy. <laughs> if I have a degree, I will be happy. And I had all these things, and I am so grateful that I have every, all these things have good health and everything. I am still inside me. And like, I will accomplish a degree, and I'm like, I'm not happy. <laughs> I mean, it's nice. It gets me comfortable in the material world, but so inside me, deep inside me, I'm not still, I feel like, deep sadness. I thought it was depression, but now I am starting to understand that is the condition of humans that, oh, when we are not enlightening, is that the condition? We, we still, we need to work on our mind. Um, so then I'm, I'm back and uh, 
I think I'm more ready to understand Buddhism and uh, the reason why I'm uh, I'm not, I, honestly, I don't want to say I'm going to join Buddhism, I'm going to be a Buddhist. I don't, that's not my goal. My goal is to not even to be happy because happiness is craving and I do understand because I have plenty of craving in my life. So uh, my goal is not to be happy. My, my goal is to, 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 be, to be peaceful, to have joy, to be calm, to, boom, to be more even. And my understanding is, I see that Buddhism is like, and then when I used to go to, to the Zen Buddhism group, many psychologists and people that were like into anything that has to do with the mind, I like, they're studying, they're studying the mind. They want to understand this, this is deep. And now that I'm starting to understand more about Buddhism, I see that this is, is deep. It's a deep psychology. It's so advanced. It's so amazing. And but I'm not surprised that the Buddha and I agree that other uh, beings have been able to be enlightened. And it's just because through meditation they get this wisdom that is so is so deep. And it's and so for me it's not that I, it's not I don't I'm not looking for a religion I want to I'm looking for a way a better way of life to be calm to be more even um and, and one thing is I'm I'm single and I'm I'm a older woman and I observe people around me one thing that I see is that I'm learning because I always feel like there's something that I need to learn and I need, I need to observe what's around me what's happening uh, one of them is loneliness. I mean, hate is a big one, and many of the ones I don't read uh, are in the book, and um, David is mentioning. But uh, I, I think hate is one big one. Um, but now I think one of my learnings in this time is loneliness, um, the fear of getting old and being alone. And I want to learn to be okay with being alone. Very good, Gloria. Sounds like you found exactly what you're looking for. Thank you. Yeah, very nice. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Who else would like to share today why you decided to study Gautama Buddha's teachings? We have a comment on Facebook. I would be okay sharing that right now. Okay, sounds good, James. And it's from Ahimsa. It says, I live in Wales, UK. I was brought up Christian, but I didn't believe that religion was for the benefit of all, or even based on truth and compassion. Buddhism is, it aligns with my morals and ethics. And I truly believe that if people follow the path, we will live in a much more beautiful and compassionate and loving world. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Yeah, it's interesting, something that Gloria shared about, you know, she's not interested in being a Buddhist, which is great because I don't think Gautama Buddha was a Buddhist either because that whole term came after his death. During his lifetime, he was just sharing teachings that led to enlightenment and there wasn't really necessarily a label to it. It's only now, today, 2,500 years later, that we've labeled you know, this person's a Buddhist, this person's a Christian, this person's Hindu, this person's Muslim, 
this person's Jewish or all the different traditions that are out there. But if you really boil all this down, we're, we're all just human beings looking for understanding and looking for hopefully most of us a better place to exist and a better way to live. And to me, that's what Gautama Buddha shared. So that's why I mentioned to Gloria that it sounds like you found exactly what you're looking for because she says, I'm not interested in being Buddhist. So that's good because Gautama Buddha wasn't Buddhist either, in my opinion. <laughs> All right. So who else would like to share either in Zoom or anyone in our Facebook or YouTube live stream? Why have you guys chosen to study Gautama Buddha's teachings? What, what brought you to decide to study Gautama Buddha's teachings? Yeah, it looks like Josh is going to share. Let's hear from Josh. And remember, if you guys could share where you're from, where you live, that would be really great so that we kind of get to know you a little bit. Hello, David and everyone. My name is Josh. I'm from uh, Ontario, Canada. Um, and why I decided to start studying Gautama Buddha's teachings, um, I guess my whole life I've kind of been spiritual. I was also raised um, in a Catholic background, um, but never, I guess, never fully practiced it devotingly. Um, and then I guess this all probably started during the COVID lockdown. Um, a lot of people probably had the same experience when it kind of became a time of introspection where I kind of focused inward and I kind of came to this understanding that, um, okay, well, I can't change the world around me, but maybe I can change the way that I view the world and react to it. So that's when I kind of started looking into, uh, into Buddhist teachings. And eventually I discovered the podcast, Walking the Path with the Buddha, through Google Podcasts. And... Yeah, I've, I've pretty much just begun on this journey. I've been studying um, the group learning program, I think, for about a month now. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very early in this, in this path. But um, even through the past year, with all the introspection and meditation, I have noticed that I've changed the way that I react to certain situations in situations that I would become easily frustrated with, I kind of take a second now and process it differently. For example, like the other day I was carrying groceries in with my wife and we, uh, one of the bags broke and everything dropped. <laughs> and it was like, oh, okay, well, uh, let's figure out how to save the rest of this and get it upstairs. And we got upstairs and we kind of realized, you know, a year ago, we would have reacted a lot differently to the situation. So even from the, the brief time that I've been trying to make this change in my life, I have noticed the benefit. And yeah, I guess it got to the point where I started looking for a teacher or some guidance in how to approach this path. And that's when, that's when I discovered the podcast and that's when I joined the group learning program. Wonderful, Josh. Glad to have you. And isn't that one of the beauties about Gautama Buddha's teachings that you can see it working like right now and you've only been studying for a short time and practicing a short time and you're already seeing benefits. So this is outstanding. 
yeah, yeah, it is definitely very beneficial. And yeah, like I said, in the brief amount of time that I have been even just meditating, um, yeah, it's definitely changed the way that I approach situations, especially when it comes to something like frustration or or anger or something like that. It's really helped. Wonderful, wonderful. Thanks for sharing, Josh. I appreciate that. No problem. Looks like Judith has her hand up as well. We'll go to Judith now. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Judith. Many things are very liberating from this teaching. Very peaceful, very liberating. When Gloria was talking, I was thinking about this. Am I a Buddhist? Am I not a Buddhist? But then all this teaching on non-self is very liberating. Do I have to identify as a Buddhist or not? Is there a goal for my identity or just just keep studying all these things? Then also another concept is impermanence. If there is impermanence, this is also very liberating. We don't have to attach to an idea or an identity or just keep studying. And then another thing that I really love about this class is I was, uh, I had this craving on what did the Buddha really say? Because we hear so many things, there are so many ceremonies that are so beautiful, but so complicated sometimes. And then just to come to the class and study what did the Buddha really say or not say, is also very freeing, very peaceful. Another thing that took me many years to understand is that the, this meditation, just breathing is so subtle. The effects can be so subtle that you don't even realize because it's simple. So just taking the breath as the present moment and just breathe it doesn't have to be amazing or, or uh, expect big results or change reality or just breathe and be there, present, observing. Mm-hmm. And then there are results, but they can, they can be so subtle. Yes. But they build up. And then they build up. But if you don't pay attention, you may, may not even realize. This took me years. You don't have to, um, to have the best uh, breathing machine. It doesn't matter. Just, just be there. Took me so many years to realize. I'm very grateful. Yeah, wonderful. Where are you from, Judith? Where do you live? I'm from Barcelona, Spain. (laughs) Okay, you're in Spain now. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Outstanding. You have Do you have one of your dogs with you? I have my dog and my two cats, and they love class. They are always around. (laughs) (laughs) They're learning the Buddhist teachings too, huh? They're learning, they pay attention, they do all the meditations. <laughs> Good, they'll get a better rebirth next time, maybe get enlightened and be done with all of <laughs> yes. this. They're going to be humans, for sure. <laughs> good, very good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, anything that you have discovered along the way that you feel would be beneficial for people? I know you've been studying for close to a year, at least with me now. So anything that you encountered that you feel like could be helpful for someone who's maybe just starting out? Well, just just that 
it's very useful to know what the Buddha really said or did, did not say. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we hear so many things and we have all these uh, memes on the internet. The Buddha said this, the Buddha, and then uh, just, just go to the, the sacred texts and, and see what it was. It's very useful. More simple, uh, more to the point, helpful. And also, one thing that I'm very grateful for is that it, it helps me see life in a more panoramic point of view, not so stuck in the moment. Yes, we are in the present moment, but there's no need to, to have too much craving for the present moment. You can detach and see your whole life in a more panoramic way. And then this helps you realize there are different kinds of approach to life. That's an interesting observation, Judith, because, you know, like, at least for me, before I ever learned Gautama Buddha's teachings, when something would happen, I did feel pretty stuck. I felt like, what am I going to do here? I feel really stuck. But when you learn this wisdom of the Buddha's teachings, you realize that you're not stuck in, in this isn't a permanent situation. And you can apply wisdom and just make better decisions and improve the situation. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. James, should we go to Teresa next? Absolutely. Okay. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Teresa. I live in Leesburg, Virginia, which is about, um, I don't know, 35, 40 minutes west of Washington, D.C. Um, I'm really new to looking at the teachings, probably, I don't know, since about January or so. And I, I think, um, like so many people, I come to it from you know, that feeling of discontentedness and really realizing that that's so present. Um, I'm a mom, I've got four kids. They're mostly grown now, you know, they're three, one just graduated from college. I have twins that are sophomores in college and then I have a son who's 17. Um, and my mother lived with me for a really long time. Um, you know, she had some addiction issues, you know, and I realized so much of what I tried to do and what I do with the people in my life is try to fix them. And it really resonated with me. Um, I think the first teaching um, when we started up new, when David talked about our joy being conditioned um, and it just really, really hit home for me that so much of my joy is conditioned. Um, gosh. <laughs> I'm never emotional. I never cry. It's okay. Um, let it out. Don't hold it in. Just yeah. let it out. <laughs> funny. It's like I, I never, my husband's probably seen me cry like five times in 27 years. But, um, you know, it really was um, kind of life-changing to realize how often and how much my joy is conditioned on the people in my life that I love and trying to make them happy. Um, a couple of my kids have depression pretty, pretty badly and anxiety. My son has really bad anxiety and, you know, he, it's impermanent, you know, sometimes it's really bad and sometimes it's really good. And, um, you know, I realized so much of what I did was trying so hard not to accept that and, and try and fix that. And so, um, 
you know, and it's going to be what it's going to be. I mean, I do I, everything I can to try and help him, and he, he does well. But um, one of the things I've learned sort of from the teachings is just to, to notice that that's a craving of mine. Um, and so much of my joy and how I feel inside is contingent about how he's doing in the moment. And, and that's never going to bring me contentedness and serenity. Um, so that was really eye-opening for me to when I really heard that teaching, I noticed that that was everywhere in my life. Um, you know, even hitting the camera, you know, when you talk about those feelings that are neither, um, you know, whatever, content or joy, they're just like things like shyness. One of my daughters is really, really shy and, and she gets up for me. It's It's that being vulnerable. It's that craving of what is everybody going to think of me? You know what I mean? And and recognizing that and just knowing that that's something that I need to let go of. And so I came to the teachings really from wanting to, like everyone, um, reach a point where we do have that contentedness. Um, my background too is Catholic. Um, and I still, you know, very much identify as Christian. Um, that was a huge part of my life for a long time, especially when my kids were little. I, I taught, you know, CCD. Um, and so I, it's not that I've abandoned those things, but I think it really resonates with me too when you talk about the labels. Um, and I would just notice that so there was, for so many people in that environment, there's just no joy for them. And so it really, um, you know, it it made me start to question kind of my place in there and my approach to that as well. So, I mean, I guess that's kind of where I'm coming from. I'm on the path to try and really just um, grow and, and recognize where things in my life are really attachments and cravings um, and trying to increase my meditation practice. It's kind of fits and starts, you know, sometimes I have a really good session and then sometimes it's kind of hard and I, I don't have much. So um, that's kind of what, how I came to it and what I'm hoping to get out of it and, um, you know, connecting with other people and I guess that's about it. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing, Teresa. Welcome. I'm actually very oh, familiar you. with Leesburg. I, I used yeah. to live in Ashburn and Stir oh, okay. Sterling and Arlington, Northern Virginia. That yeah. was that was my old tromping grounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's beautiful out here, but it's um, like everywhere. You know, I, I recognize too. It's it's an area too where people just go, 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 go. You know, yes. around DC, it's and it's it's a really high income, high education level. But it one of the things I noticed too is those things don't bring people joy. Um, you know, like I think Maria was saying, it's you think all those things, if I just get this, I'll, you know, if my kid just makes that team or this or that, I, I, I'm lucky a little bit in that I've ha been able to have some distance from that, but I so recognize it in the culture around us that um, people are so attached to thinking that that's going to bring them joy. And for a lot of it, it really kind of um, also made me feel like an outsider a little bit. You know, I had some kids who really did well in that environment and then I had other kids who didn't do well in that environment. It really made me realize and recognize um, that our joy is so much contingent on those things sometimes too, living through your kids. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's, I try to look for the, 
um, I don't know, the good in everything. And so even when those are difficult experiences, if you approach them in the right way, um, they can really help you kind of onto the path of freedom and contentedness. If you really can stand back and look at those and observe them and recognize that so much of that is just our craving and wanting wanting something out of that instead of just being in the present moment. Um, so yeah, thank you for these teachings. They've really helped me. You're welcome. Glad you're here. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, it looks like Sarah has her hand up. Should we go there next, James? Yes. Guess I'm Sarah to unmute. Hi. Uh, yeah, my name is Sarah. I'm living in Germany. Um, and I joined that program some weeks ago. Um, and sorry to everyone for my English. My native uh, language is German, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, I could relate a lot to what Basim and Gloria were saying. Um, it was the same for me that I had these questions, these big questions like, um, what is life? Where do we go when we die? Um, why is the world like it is? Why is there so much injustice in it? Um, already when I was a child and no one could really answer it for me. Um, and it really affected me a lot. I remember as a child, I couldn't watch news, for example, because I was always so sad about all the injustice and everything that was reported there that I didn't, I, I really had problems to deal with it. And um, the place where I live, most people are um, Christian. My grandmother was very Catholic. Um, my parents, on the other hand, they, um, they didn't believe in, in God or in Christianity at all. They were really, um, they believed only in science. So these were the first two things where I started to search. The first thing was, um, was a Christian religion. But yeah, like the others said before me, it didn't really help a lot because it's based on faith and I didn't find these things logical that were taught. So I really didn't understand why I should believe the things that they, that were told me. and. So this, the next thing when I got older where I searched was um, was science. I thought, okay, when I understand physics, for example, I understand how the world is working, so I will understand it all. But the more I dealt with it um, and with mathematics, um, I'm, I'm working in IT, so I was, it was quite of related to, uh, to what I was learning in, in university anyways. The more I dealt with it, the more I noticed it's just models, it's not the truth. It's just models that try to explain the truth, but it's not the truth. So there's still a layer between it and um, it doesn't really help me 100%. Um, and I've always been interested and somehow attracted by Buddhism. But until that time, I've read a book or two or three, I don't know, but I didn't have any practice or something. It was just that, that I was yeah, kind of drawn to it. Um, and then I think it was 2013, I was in Japan for work. And at the same time, um, my father at home was very ill and I knew that he would die in some time. And I still remember that visiting the temples there and just sitting there gave me a lot of comfort, like more than any church or something could give me before. And so I was drawn again um, and was yes, some, somehow going back to, to the Buddhist teachings and reading more and um, yeah, my, my meditation practice was more, was more like an on and off. So I did it for a while and it was good for me, but then other things were coming up again and I stopped again. So um, 
Mm, but then in 2019, again, I lost um, loved people and I was really destroyed. I was really sad about it. And again, it was Buddhism where I found my comfort and which helped me. So um, I was reading some books by Thich Nhat Hanh that were helping me a lot. I was visiting a um, center, but they were doing Tibetan um, Buddhism. And it also helped me, but again, there was this part of belief in it, which uh, really I, I couldn't relate very well to. So I didn't go there for very long, but I, I started searching for a group. And um, yeah, then the pandemic started. So mm -hmm. um, I couldn't really continue searching here. And um, yeah, somehow I, yeah, I don't know. I found this group on Facebook and um, I really found that it helped me a lot. Like uh, I've got a regular meditation um, practice now and um, yeah, even my husband joined <laughs> and um, it helps me a lot to understand a lot of things that um, I didn't really understand before. Like for example, um, I was always the happiest when I was somewhere on my own, like for example, when I was traveling in other countries on my own. And now I know it's because I was living in the moment there. There was no one having any expectations or anything that uh, how I have to do things. I was just living in the moment without any, um, anything was just distracted me from experiencing every moment. Um, back here now in, in the daily life, it's people are expecting a lot. Like, For example, um, another thing is I've got one daughter who's three years old and I love to be a mom, but it's also also a lot of, um, yeah, like stress, a lot of fears, a lot of things going on when, when you're becoming a mom. So um, people here expect me to have more children, but I always feel like, um, I, I don't know why I have to be attached to this thing, to have a lot of children, just because all the people here are doing it. And um, I see that there's not only I mean, there's all this love, which is great, but there's also so much, um, yeah, so much trouble, so much stress connected to it. And um, it was the first time when I was learning about the teaching when I thought, yeah, actually, I don't have to do that. I've got a choice. <laughs> it's, it's okay to be fine with that one child and to be happy about it. And um, so, yeah, I learned a lot about myself. I also learned a lot about other people. Um, I also understand why these other people want me to do that now. Before I didn't understand, I was just angry about them to um, tell me what to do. But now I can understand more about it, get, gives them better answers. And um, yeah, so, so it helps me quite a lot. I'm quite happy about that, yeah. Very good. Thank you for sharing that, Sarah. And uh, nice to hear that your husband's joining you as well. This can be really helpful in a household to have multiple people because you guys can support mm. and encourage each other along the path. Yes, it's it's so good for the relationship and it's also um, my, my three-year-old daughter already starts sitting down on the uh, meditation cushion and mm. pretending to meditate, which um, <laughs> so, so I hope that she can also just um, learn a lot from it when she's growing up. Yeah, that's nice. Kids, if they see their parents you know, meditating and practicing these teachings, they're going to learn the truth too. And that'll stick with them. And it'll be shared with your grandkids. I'm sure if that ends up happening as well. So that's wonderful. All right. Well, welcome all the way from Germany. We've got America, Canada, Spain, all different kinds of places represented. This is great. So who's next, James? Should we 
Do you have something from one of the live streams or should we go to Gloria? I'll read off a comment on YouTube and then we can go to Gloria. Okay. IA has an experience to share. I am from the UK. I decided to study the teachings as a way of becoming a better person and furthermore, understand on a deeper, more meaningful way why life should be cherished and enjoyed. Thank you. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, Buddhism will help you with that because it helps you understand life. So wonderful. Now I'm asking Gloria to unmute. Okay. Okay, so um, I was wondering, I'm loving this group and I love that um, we are worldwide group. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I was wondering if we could, if any if people would like to share uh, the emails or something like that so that we can also support each other. I have my son is um, has really bad depression is really bad. And mm -hmm. um, I when I heard when I heard Theresa speaking about her uh, also um, some of her kids who have depression or members of her family. Uh, and also she's interested in following this path. I think it would be good to have support, you know, that we are on the same line of thoughts and that we also have uh, kind of the same problem or issue or, you know, things to learn, you know, mm -hmm. and we can support each other. So um, my, my son is 21 and he he he's so depressed, he's just, he doesn't get out of he doesn't get out of the house um, to get some sunshine. He's twenty four hours a day in his room, and um, um, you know he he's a different soul. But he's my son, and I know you know we're supposed to be working ourselves, but we're still in this world and we're still attached to them, and, and we want the best. So. Um, uh, you know, it would be good to have support too. And the fact that Louisa was saying, you know, I felt like we are interested in the same path and we might have the same issues in our lives. So that's, you know, not only Louisa, you know, people here in, in, in the group, it would be good to have kind of like um, people that we can talk about stuff and help each other. Yeah, for sure. Some things I can share with you, Gloria, is I'm pretty sure that everybody who's involved in these classes, they're also a member of the Facebook group. So you can find them in the member section and send them a private message and contact them that way. And that way there's a point of contact and you can reach out to all of these folks. And if there's anyone who's not a member of the Facebook group, then you can easily join. Everybody is accepted, of course. And then something that I would like to share with you too, since you mentioned your son, is it's possible to help people in your family if they're open to help without craving desire attachment. You know, attachment isn't that we ignore things like your son being sad or depressed. It's that you can actually help them. And the Buddha actually talks about this, that if there's people in your life that you have compassion for that you can apply effort to help them 
understand things like the Four Noble Truths and things like this. So uh, attachment doesn't mean that we're indifferent or we're uncaring or we uh, turn away from the people that we truly care about. It means that we don't attach our feelings and our uh, inner mind to what's going on with them and that we train our mind that we don't try to control or force have this mental longing with a strong eagerness for things to be a certain way for them because if we have for example a son who is struggling with depression and we really want things to be a certain way for them and we have this desire this yearning this strong eagerness for them to be a certain way then they're not that way it's going to cause us discontentedness so it's possible to let that go and it sounds like that's what you're working on is not necessarily wanting anything particular for your son but perhaps guiding him and providing suggestions and recommendations and if he's able to read this book or listen to the audiobook or listen to some of the podcasts or things like this these can all help him or even just helping him establish a meditation practice as a starting point. Not everybody can maybe necessarily start in a program like this, that maybe it's just good to kind of get him meditating. And that's something that you can do without craving desire attachment. And that can be a real nice practice of loving kindness and compassion. It's so nice if he can listen, but that's part of his mental illness issue. That's something that, um, you know, as a mom, that I'm even willing for him to, to pay for a trip to go to Thailand and just mm-hmm. get and join one of those places there. And, you know, he can be there and, and learn. But, it's, you know, I can, I can provide all these things. But what about him? If he needs to accept it. He doesn't want to listen. I'm the mom. He feels as, as a control. I'm controlling him. And it's not that. So... Um, but before um, uh, I give someone else the opportunity, also wanted to say that um, in my mind, I need a, stru- a structure and um, the group that I found through James and Johnny, um, they recommended the group. Um, that's something, this is something that I wanted. I wanted to find a group that had a, stru- a structure. And, um, I, and so I appreciate the way you have organized this group. Uh, with the books that you have, the, the first book, the classes, and then the more advanced. And I need that because I can also like read and join groups, but I don't feel that I, I had a structure. And um, so I, I appreciate that. So thank you anyway, just I wanted to say that. Yeah, you're welcome. And remember, you can always reach out to me for support as well. If you would like to schedule a personal time for us to talk privately, you can do that or if you would like to send me private messages or anything like that, uh, there's people that's part of this group that would be more than pleased, I'm sure, to talk with you as well. Like James is right there in your community and Johnny as well. So uh, always feel like you can reach out to a member of this community to receive help and be friends because that's a big part of learning this path and progressing on this path is having good, wholesome friends that you can uh, reach out to. So you're starting to establish that here in this group through our talk today. Thank you so much, I appreciate it. You're welcome, Gloria. Thank you're you for welcome, sharing. Gloria. Thank you for sharing. All right, who else would like to talk? Who else has 
something they would like to share about what brought them to study Gautama Buddha's teachings or anything else about what you're learning and understanding and starting to practice as part of these teachings. Looks like Holly raised her hand. If you could let us know where you live and a little bit about yourself, Holly, that would be good for people to start making connections on a personal level. Okay, hi. Um, my name is Holly. I live in Alabama in the United States. Um, I've only been in the group for, I guess, about six weeks. Um, I'm reading through the book on my own. I'm not finished yet. I still have a lot to learn, a long way to go. But, And I wasn't even going to say anything <laughs> this morning. Um, but everybody that has said something so far has said something that's also part of my story. So searching, looking for something um, looking for that contentedness, trying lots of different things. I grew up in a Baptist community. My dad was a leader in the church, so every time the doors were open, I was there my whole life. Um, and as I became an adult, I started taking the time to think for myself for once instead of just believing everything that I was told my whole life and realizing that there were so many contradictions, um, but in the in that particular religion, especially where I grew up in South Alabama, which if you know, it's called the Bible Belt, Alabama, Georgia, because you can't throw a rock without hitting a church, basically. Um, and so to question anything from the, the religion is really frowned upon and um, sometimes can come with very serious consequences as far as being judged and being treated poorly and I just, I think that the final thing that got me to walk away from that was in reading the Bible and trying to understand and make sense of the, the teachings. Um, I think there are a lot of good truths in the Bible. I think my problem is that I misunderstand man's interpretation of scripture. A lot of times it, it's what, it's easy for someone to make it what they want it to be for convenience sake. And I had a real problem with that because if you didn't agree with it it was it was your fault it was you were the one that was wrong and you were the one that was didn't have enough faith and didn't have enough belief so um my kids both go to christian schools private schools and they have been taught they've recently changed schools because the one we were in was just a little bit too over the top for me but they um I asked my son a question, a contradiction I found in the Bible, you know, where it teaches if you don't, if you believe, you have to believe in Jesus when you die, you go to heaven. And I asked him, my teenage son, I said, what does your teacher say if someone lives in a part of the world where there are no teachings of Jesus and they never hear that story and they never have the opportunity, what happens to them when they die? And he said that his teacher told him that it was just unfortunate for them they were not part of the chosen and I cannot I cannot accept that I can't believe that a God would create humanity and then leave some of them to just fend for themselves with no opportunity for our salvation or whatever so that was the final straw that made me say you know this isn't this isn't for me and I just totally walked away from all of it so that's when I started looking for something else I got really involved in yoga after a knee surgery, I couldn't do regular exercise for a while. I started doing meditation with a guru from India 
on YouTube, um, got very attached to that practice. Um, and then after about two years of that, realized that it wasn't, I wasn't making progress. I wasn't getting anything more. I wasn't growing. I wasn't getting any better as far as my mental state. Um, so I started looking for something else. I did a few self-help programs. I did a program with Mind Valley that was a really great, um, helped me clear out a lot of guilt and a lot of anxiety that I had. Um, and then started looking at, I did, looked at Hinduism for a little bit, then I looked at Buddhism. I read a couple of books and started reading and trying to learn on my own. And honestly, I, I felt like it was, it was the right path, but it wasn't quite what I wanted. And then in a Facebook group, a different Facebook group, I had asked a question and that's when David commented, hey, you can join our group if you want to learn more about this. And that's how I got into this group. So um, this is the first path that I've been on. It actually makes sense to me. Um, and like a bunch of people already said, you know, trying to find happiness and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Um, my goal in my life has always been to help people. And so that's when I got into fitness and nutrition. I got my certification as a personal trainer, um, my degree in, in nutrition because I wanted to help people. And that's all I've ever wanted to do. But I have learned that that, that field didn't bring me happiness just because you can't fix people. <laughs> they have to want it. They have to want to change. And you can teach people exercise and you can teach people what to eat. But until they decide that they want to do it, they're not going to succeed. So I thought that my satisfaction in that field would be seeing people be successful when that wasn't happening either. Um, I also have a son that has depression and anxiety. So I deal with that as well. And I'm very close to what both Gloria and Teresa have said about that. And um, I'm very attached to that. I'm working on letting go of my attachments, realizing it's not my, it's my job to love him as a mother, but it's not my job to fix him. So that's hard. It's really hard to let go of that. But I just wanted to say thank you to David for teaching. Thank you to all of you for sharing and opening up. It's it's not an easy thing to do. People all around the world talking about issues and problems and trying to find their way. So it's a good group. Yeah, I'm glad you're here, Holly. Thank you for sharing. I think COVID has uh, brought a lot of good things for the people in this group that COVID is the reason why uh, a lot of you have found this group in that being inside and kind of life as we knew it kind of shutting down put everyone in a position where yeah the mind was probably discontent and you had a lot of time on your hands and we're all inside and there's nothing but kind of online and that's what brought you to this group and now you're learning and practicing and you've got the support you need and for those of you guys that are talking about depression and anxiety and things like this either in your family members or even you yourself we're going to be getting to that as part of this path. We're going to be talking about how these things can be resolved as part of learning and practicing these teachings. And one of the best things that we can do to help our family members around us is to improve our own mind first. Because one of the things that we're often taught is to go around and help everyone else. And we go around and help everyone else, but we don't really have the wisdom of how to help everyone else because we haven't figured it out ourselves yet. So what all of you guys are choosing to do is you're choosing to learn and practice the teachings so that you can 
gain the wisdom first and then as you develop this wisdom and your practice improves you become more peaceful calm serene and content with joy your family members are going to take notice of that and you'll at that point have the wisdom to be able to help these people around you if they choose right if they choose to to receive that help Um, and there's no obligation for you to do that like holly was saying but at least you'll have the wisdom to be able to help if they do choose that they would like to receive that help and you know one of the best ways for them to see that all of this is working is as you're learning and practicing the teachings and they see your mind become more peaceful more joyful then they're like whoa what's mom doing let's do let's do some of what mom's got right like mom's got chocolate cake like she seems like she's enjoying it let's get a bite of mom's chocolate cake right so the buddhist teachings are kind of that way that when mom starts smiling more and mom's or dad's starting to be more calm and more peaceful it's like whoa what's mom doing over there like she's been doing this buddhism stuff for six months or a year now like look at her like we're over here arguing and festering and mom's just so peaceful about it all (laughs) where in the past mom used to be right here arguing with us but she's not doing that today and that's different that's odd like what's going on so my congratulations to all of you guys that are sharing so far that you're choosing to learn and practice this for your own well-being but then also it's going to extend to your family as well all right so thank you guys for sharing so far who else would like to share about what brought you to learning and practicing the teachings of the buddha Basim, Manal, or James, do you guys have anything coming in from the live streams? We have no more comments at this time, David. Okay. Well, I guess I'll just wrap things up then, just a a short little class compared to some of our other classes, where just give us a chance to kind of come together and talk. You know, I've been teaching now for this iteration of the group learning program for about six weeks, and I felt like this would be a good time to just kind of pause for a bit give a chance for us to talk, get to know each other and hear some similarities in our journeys and just get to know where each other's from a bit. It's not always easy to do kind of a discussion like this with live streaming out to all these different places and recording a podcast and things like this. So there's kind of more of a talk and then questions coming in. But here I I thought this would be a good time for us to just kind of chat a bit and get to know each other. And I've gotten to know you know, a lot of you guys over the course of the weeks where either you've been asking questions in class or you've been asking questions in the Facebook group, you may have been scheduling something with me privately. And that's a really nice thing to be able to get to know you guys a little bit, because then as you ask questions, I can share more specific guidance from the Buddhist teachings to help you. So I'm pleased that you guys have chosen to learn and practice these teachings and as some of you guys have already been commenting you're already starting to see improvement you're already starting to see progress and it's just been a very short period of time you know you take this one month or two months or one year however long you've been practicing and you turn that into six months or a year or two years or three years where you're consistently and in a very diligent way learning and practicing the teachings practicing meditation yes but practicing day to day like josh said when you drop the groceries and instead of uh being angry at the bag or angry at the wife or maybe not 
carrying as many bags as you thought she would. You just, okay, well, that just happened. So let's just figure out how to fix it, right? So that's the day-to-day practice is, yes, coming to class, yes, learning the teachings, reading the book, listening to the videos, asking questions of your teacher, all these different things. Yes, there's meditation, but it's also this day-to-day, moment-by-moment experience of seeing how to apply the teachings in real world where when the bag ripped, I don't know if this went through Josh's mind, but yeah, that's impermanence, right? The bag was impermanent. It's not permanent. And also once the bag ripped and the groceries are all over the ground, that's not permanent either. We can pick these groceries up and take them inside and clean them up and they'll be just fine. Uh, So these situations that happen to us before we understand impermanence, we often just get so frustrated and irritated because we want that bag to be permanent. Or we see these groceries spread out all throughout the floor and we think that that's permanent. Oh my goodness, you know, I just spent all this money and now these groceries are going to waste. But no, they're not. We can actually fix this and it'll be okay. And that's something that the Buddhist teachings start to slowly show you as you learn them, you start seeing them in the real world how these real world teachings are truly explaining the natural laws of existence and what we experience on a day-to-day basis. And as I've commented previously is it's a real struggle to live in a world that we don't understand. And that's essentially what the unenlightened mind is experiencing is this struggle because we don't understand these natural laws of existence. And because we don't understand them, life becomes a real struggle. And what the Buddhist teachings are about is helping you to understand these natural laws. And the more and more wisdom that you build around these natural laws, you'll start understanding this world and be able to make decisions that are going to be improving for your life. So glad that you guys have chosen to learn and practice these teachings. As we do, you'll just continue to to gain more and more wisdom and see more and more benefits along the path. Because next Sunday, we're going to be in chapter three of this book, Developing a Life Practice, which is really kind of where things really start get going. Chapter three, four, five, seven, eight, nine. This is the real core of the book and thus the real core of the program where next Sunday we're going to be in chapter three, which is titled Nibbana, what is enlightenment or Nibbana? So before we kind of embark on this journey together, really understanding what's the goal, because if you were headed to a city and you were interested in going to a particular city, you would kind of want to know what's going on in that city before you get there. So that's what chapter three is all about is helping you understand what is enlightenment because the more you understand it what it is what the goal is the more likely you are to be able to progress and actually get there whereas if you didn't know the name of the city you didn't know what roads it took to get there you didn't know what was there once you got there so that you know that you're actually there it would be very difficult to travel to this new city so that's why i start off kind of the core of these teachings with chapter three kind of just really helping you understand what enlightenment is and we've talked about this at different times but we're going to really dive into it next week on sunday and that's where we're also going to cover those seven factors of enlightenment because we already covered in a previous class 
the stages of enlightenment and the jhanas and these other things that if you remember i didn't have time to cover the seven factors of enlightenment so we're going to cover those in next sunday's class as well and then the sunday after that we'll be talking about the four noble truths and just spending the entire class session on the three universal truths and the four noble truths this wednesday we have our loving kindness meditation that we're going to be doing on wednesday which is part three of this four-part series so you're welcome to join for wednesday or watch it back on the playback or listen to it on the podcast if you can't make it on wednesdays and just continue to keep learning and practicing continue your meditation practice continue to ask questions as you need help and you need guidance just let me know what questions you have and i'm more than pleased to be able to help you so thank you for everyone who chose to share thank you guys who didn't share who joined and just kind of participated by listening and understanding and being part of this group because individually you're walking this path with the buddha but also as a group as a community we're here to help and encourage and motivate and support each other on this path as well so i'll see you either wednesday or next sunday and until then have a very wonderful day and take care thank you for listening to this podcast to provide support for this podcast visit patreon.com forward slash support buddha to access more teachings visit buddhadailywisdom.com There, you will discover a full range of courses, retreats, and online resources to assist you on the path to enlightenment. Remember to establish a daily, consistent meditation practice, along with learning and practicing these teachings. A well-developed meditation practice is the foundation in which to train the mind to attain enlightenment.